Welcome to Angels Changing Tires. I'm your host, Yonatan Chanuchi. to another episode of Angels Changing Tires. And today I have a really special guest and a beautiful, beautiful close friend of mine, Madeleine Cecily. Did I say it right? <laughs> you said it right. <laughs> okay, perfect. How are you, my love? How are you feeling today? I am feeling good. Definitely a little bit nervous, to be honest, but excited. Okay. I have no idea what this conversation is going to bring, but I have a feeling it's going to be really good. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> so maybe as a start, you want to introduce yourself for those who hear you for the first time. Um, okay, my name is Madeline. Uh, what do you want me to say? I'm a yoga teacher. That's my, my first love is traditional Indian Hatha yoga. I've been... basically traveling to all ends of the world that I can spreading this yoga um, I live in Hawaii at the moment and yeah I don't know <laughs> <laughs> how long have you been a yoga teacher now I think it's a really long time actually you, you always kind of practice since you were more a kid right what was your mm-hmm. job yeah I've been practicing yoga since I was like 15 years old. So I'm 30 now. So that's 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been teaching for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since I was 22, when I got my training. Um, very much like consistently, not... just a class a week or whatever like ever since I got my my yoga teacher training my 200 hour yoga's kind of taken over my entire life mm. um, and before that it was always something that I turned to for I mean at first for just exercise but then for more therapy and healing and now it's it feels like I'm sharing that healing and that therapy with people. In the form of yoga, that's how you share your healing, you mean? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm. And, and through sound healing. That's the other yeah. thing that I've definitely been tapping into over the last two years. Mm. Yeah. What, how did you even start to know, like, I mean, at 15, it's, I guess, pretty rare for people to connect to... yoga or spiritual practice or okay what was your connection there was it just like physical was it like spiritual mm-hmm. how how was it at that age and how did you even got to you know know that it's there um so my first yoga class was with my older sister kelsey and i definitely was going just because her and her friends were going and i thought it was cool she's so cool she's my older sister <laughs> yeah i want to be just like her yes um <laughs> but then yeah and then i really also loved i don't know what i loved about it i don't think i knew at that point but there was something that i just i just loved and i just wanted to feel that way all the time 
Um, and then it wasn't really until I was uh, 16 that after one of my best friends passed away and I had a really hard time processing her death. And then I remember just being in a yoga class and it just kind of like clicked and it made sense to me, like my emotional body, my physical body and my spiritual body were connected and I was able to feel um, these emotions that I hadn't really let myself feel. Mm. And honestly, from that point forward, so about like 16, 17, I knew like this was, mm. yeah, I had to do something with this no matter what. Mm. This was my path, basically. Yeah. yeah. What, what clicked there when he's saying it clicked? It was during Shavasana. I just fully broke down without any barriers, without holding myself back. I think... Um, when Vicky passed away, a part of me really wanted to be strong for all my other friends mm. and like hold space for them. Mm. Um, and I didn't really hold that space for myself and being on my mat in Shavasana after moving my body and twisting my body and releasing all this pain and this, this sadness that I was harboring. Um, yeah, it was just this release. I don't know. Mm. And how do you see that today? What do you think was moving in your energy body or physical or what? I mean, if well, there is something else. No, I mean, what I what I've noticed in a lot of my my clients and my students and myself as well, but is that our emotional pain or our mental pain or instability, it always manifests itself in our body mm. in one way or another, you know, whether that's tightness or an injury um, and yoga through breath, through intention, even through the words, I, I really believe in traditional Indian Sanskrit, you know, we did, we did the same training, like yeah. that Sanskrit, Ooh, it is so powerful. It's like, Oh yeah speaking a spell into existence and like every time you do your your vinyasa you're saying <laughs> i bow to the remover of darkness so that i can rise again my mind my body my spirit mm, like mm, what mm, mm, mm. it's so yeah. powerful it is and i think every time that we're doing that i mean we're saying that we're speaking it into existence so we're releasing anything that would keep us from feeling that alignment. Mm. Release anything that keeps us away from feeling alignment. So we're coming mm -hmm. back to alignment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a that's exactly what I connect to to yoga as well. That those are the things that we work not just even if we work on the physical body and some classes mm -hmm. we do just physical body because that's I don't know what what we've asked from or that's the people that we feel like they can take it we will always work on everything because the breath connects us to the moment and the sound mm -hmm. change our reverberation from within mm -hmm. which is so crazy because if you think about it like every like every atom it's like everything is just vibrates right every atom just vibrates in a certain way and sound is a vibration and if you're just mm -hmm. intentionally choosing certain sounds that activate something, like the whole combination of the sound, the breath, the movement, um, 
exactly it just brings to that alignment yeah i mean mm -hmm. i totally connect to that i'm asking to you know for a person that hears it for the first time because a lot of people ask me and they think oh yoga is just an exercise you know they think mm -hmm. we just like in the gym to get our body more <laughs> flexible or strong or whatever and the beauty of it is that whether you are you conscious or not conscious it's gonna work on all your system mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. the beauty of course if you're mm -hmm. conscious it's it would be far stronger because you really understand why you do what you do and you can use also your mind to help you there you guide mm -hmm. your mind like okay i'm gonna do this for for example deal with the grief of my friend or a heartbreak or whatever it is that we're going in our life yeah i find it really really beautiful and yeah, how how yeah and um okay so that happened around 17 you mentioned right and you kind of yeah. that's something you want to share like that's your path mm -hmm. in one in one way or another but at that time to be how do I want to say this? I was definitely still in the matrix. <laughs> like mm. I definitely was still kind of, you know, under the influence of outside sources. I was, I was young. I was still living at my parents' house and I still believed like I had to have a quote unquote real job and mm -hmm. had to, you know, get the, the house and the family and all the things. So I was always like, okay, yeah, like yoga could be a side project. Mm. And I swear the universe won't let me make it be a side project. <laughs> like no matter what I try to do, any other uh, type of job or work that I find myself in, it turns into yoga in one way or another. Mm. And, you know, I just got to a point a couple years ago, basically when I, when I moved to Maui that I accepted that I was like, all right, universe, you're right. I'm doing it like I'm throwing myself into this and I'm just trusting and that's kind of what the last three four years have been for me is just completely putting my trust in the universe and knowing that this is my path mm. Mm -hmm. and I how how did you do that I mean why I'm asking because to mm -hmm. me it's one of the scariest thing ever it's terrifying. It's terrifying, you know, like, because deep down we all know what we need to do and what life pushes us through. And mm -hmm. like, that's probably going to be the number one thing we resist the most or the number one thing that we have all those thoughts. Oh, I should not. I can't. It's not this. It's not that. Like, I think that the, the, the thing that we have all the excuses is exactly <laughs> what life kind of pushes us to do. But it's yeah. hard to just say it, you know, like and trust. So what made you, what helped you, you know? Um, a couple of things. One is definitely the support of my students and my friends slash students slash clients. Like uh, words of affirmation is definitely my love language. So when I get that from my students and mm. this positive feedback, it just makes me feel elated and it makes me feel like I am doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. And even without the words, honestly, Yonatan, when I'm on my mat in front of a class, there's no other feeling like this. Like it just, 
it just feels like I'm standing in my purpose and I'm flowing in my purpose and I'm speaking in my purpose. And a part of it isn't even me. It's something speaking through me, you mm. know? Yeah. Like I am a conduit for it, for spirit or mm. whatever you, you want to believe it is to, to help heal the world. <laughs> is that too far of a stretch? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, to your extent, to whatever people you can touch. And if you can touch the whole world, well, so be it, you know? Yeah. That's, I guess, if we dream small, like, we'll never get to something. Like, yeah. That's the intention behind it, you know? Like, I, I reckon that's, that's what I hear from your words, at least. Yeah, yeah, I reckon as well. Mm. <laughs> But I also, <laughs> <laughs> also, like, Yeah, I definitely want to pay homage to my students and my community. Shout out to every single one of them for showing up to the classes and for showing up on their mat for themselves, not just for me, but for themselves and watching them grow like, oh, my gosh, when I have a client that we see each other pretty consistently, you know, I have I have a couple of clients that I've been seeing for two years or more. And to see their growth, not only physically, which was originally maybe some of their goals, like they go from, you know, in their Uttanasana, in their forward fold, barely being able to get down to the ground, to having their full palms on the earth, Astabanda, that hand bound to the ground. Like not only that, but then seeing that, the physical opening kind of mirror an emotional opening or mm, mm, a spiritual mm. opening. So and much. and yeah and then wanting to learn more like and just yeah it's just really inspiring and it, and it pushes me and it makes me trust that this is what I'm supposed to do mm. um and then the other really big one and I think this can be said for pretty much anyone trying to to achieve any goal is self-love and loving myself and knowing that I am worthy of this path mm. knowing that yeah that if I just trust my intuition if I follow my intuition rather than deny it because of something like fear or feelings of lack but if I just choose love I know that I'll be divinely guided and I know that because I, I've been doing it for a while now. And it, I mean, of course, there's been times where I'm scared or, you know, <clears throat> um, in a place ne not necessarily where I want to be. But I also know that I needed to be there to learn some kind of lesson. So just allowing that trust to be the guide, even in the darkest times, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the trust, the trust, the trust, the trust. I, I really hear you for trust, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a big one. And it is scary. It's really scary to go against what we are taught, what we are, what society has led us to believe, you know. And um, I know a lot of people that are still in that society, in that matrix, but And it works for them and they're happy and they're comfortable and that's fine. And I have no judgment towards them. I send nothing mm. but love and compassion. But for me, I don't want to be comfortable. I don't ever want to be comfortable. I want to be constantly expanding and growing through my comfort zone. Wow. 
and I guess that's that explains some things for me because well I would say how I perceive you as a teacher or what I'm seeing from this side you are mm-hmm. such a fucking doer you're such a fucking doer you know like thank you you do this that I constantly see there is class as you said you know you finished your training or whatever even before the training I'm sure you did for friends some things but let's leave that on the side you finish your training as you're saying you're not like teach one class here one class there ah you're going fucking full way in you know like <laughs> every day having classes then i remember i'll tell you a story so <laughs> me <laughs> me and madeline i call her madeline okay <laughs> me and madeline we met in india in rishikesh and uh, like it was really instant kind of connection we really got close and i don't know like it was really uh, magical kind of <laughs> and i was just starting to get into yoga and to to practice it and i saw how many changes exactly like what she said about her her clients or students that something in their physical change and then something in their emotions change and they help them to release traumas that's exactly what I was experiencing in India um, and then I felt the call I said yeah okay I, I want to share that I want to teach that I want to learn more and um, yeah and, and then we met like she told me I'm doing in Thailand I'm gonna be an assistant for my teacher of my yoga teacher training come over and and do the teacher training <laughs> with me And I was like, "Wow, actually, amazing, yeah, I'm gonna do it." And we did it, and it was so intense and amazing and and sad and happy and everything together, so many mm-hmm. emotions that moving. And a week after the training, COVID hits <laughs> pretty much a week or two after. So me, I'm finishing the you know, I'm finishing the course. I'm all so excited. I'm coming back to New Zealand was. Like coming back here after a year I haven't been here and 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 you know having now i'm I'm like, yeah, I wanna try to settle here and be here, you know, and um I was also enthusiastic to start to teach yoga, mm-hmm. and a week after I'm arriving here, boom, covid hits, and then mm-hmm. I'm straight like, okay, I will wait, yeah, it's covid and everything while I'm there waiting for something to happen. Madeline already opened Facebook and it was before was, you know, was Zoom was a thing and online classes were a thing. It was like just starting in COVID. And she's already opening a group on Facebook. And I think you had everyday class or mm-hmm. something, something like everyday class. Yeah. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. And you see her laughing and sometimes like, you know, going <laughs> and checking the camera and Facebook. And I remember you told me your phone was like just getting crazy. You needed to buy a new phone or like to <laughs> restart it every time. And really, really crazy. And to me, it was such an example of there is no excuses. There are mm-hmm. no excuses. If you want to do something in your life, just go ahead and do it. And you are the only one who stops yourself from doing it. Amen. And it's very inspiring. And you, you always like that. Then you did your retreat and everything. So I want to ask you, is it something mm-hmm. that you were always like that, such a doer? Or is it something that you learned? Or is it, what's your journey with that? What helps you be so goal oriented and a doer because I think the doing part is what separates most people from their dreams a lot of people can think mm-hmm. about and imagine and 
but actually doing the work that's that's very hard it to face a lot of fears and and hear no many times mm-hmm. what's what's yeah, your what tell tell us tell me what's what's your journey with that mm, I'm trying to like think back before my yoga days if I was like this um I mean yeah I, I guess I was I was like selling stuff on the playground trying to raise money for my band and stuff so yeah I guess I have always been a doer but I I do think I owe a lot of this push mentality to traveling and like and to my parents for instilling travel in me we I'm I'm very fortunate to have been able to travel a lot as a kid and just seeing mm-hmm. seeing that there was more than just like home base and knowing that kind of no matter what I do in the future that travel had to be a part of it um mm. and when you're traveling you kind of have to be a doer you kind of like you kind of have to go out of I mean like I said earlier expand your comfort zone and go create conversations with people that you've never seen before maybe even like a a brand new culture or a language that you've never heard before um, but you kind of have to otherwise you get and I have before you get kind of stuck in yourself and then the fear and the anxiety start to creep in so for me it's like the doing kind of um, overcomes that I don't want to say it pushes it back because I think it's important to feel fear and anxiety um, at certain times points in your life because sometimes you know that can be a sign from your nervous system telling you that something isn't isn't serving you anymore or that it's time to make a change um but yeah sorry I, I digress I think yeah it's just the the thing that I said earlier which is just I don't want to be comfortable I want to just always be expanding mm. and yeah For me, that works, and I never want to push that on anyone else because I know that that's terrifying to some. Um, mm. But I love it. I think I get high from it sometimes, like, woo, rocking up to a new country with my backpack. Like, okay, I don't know one single thing about this place, but I want to know. And mm. not only that, but I want to teach yoga here, and I want to, like, Put some roots down with yoga here and maybe inspire someone to keep spreading that you know they say like yoga is like um a candle and everyone has a candle and i'm just giving a little bit of my fire to your candle and then you can go give it to here and here and here and no one's ever depleting any of their light but we're spreading it worldwide wow yeah yeah so you were always your with... question <laughs> i guess i mean it sounds like you always had that mindset Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean... Of, of, of wanting to stay out of the comfort zone, kind of. Yeah, and just wanting to explore. I think that's one thing I'm really, I'm really happy with in myself is that I've never gone away from my inner child. Like, that Ooh. Lila is so alive in me, and it always has been. Um, I mean... Yeah, I'm always playing and exploring. That's a big one, exploring and looking at the world with eyes of wonder. And that's something that I, I really, really love about myself. Always you had that, you reckon, you think? Yeah. 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 
Oh yeah, definitely. Mm. And what yeah. about like, did you face any like major challenges by sharing the yoga or just in general? Like, I'm curious how you mm. personally, you deal in with life, you know, in times where everything is just collapsing, you're in fucking rock bottom. And now you need to do something. Like, how, how do you deal with that? When, okay, so you're asking about a time when I've been at rock bottom? Yeah, I mean, why? Because so far we speak about, like, things, and it seems like you had it really embedded within you, which are beautiful and amazing tools. So either you mm-hmm. use those tools or either you use something else. Like, how do you behave when things go, shit Wrong. comes up, you know, shit comes up? Mm, the first thing I do the first thing I do is cry that is my immediate response always well but give us an example a story (laughs) if you want okay okay I'll give you people can relate so people can relate and me too okay you want a relatable story (laughs) if you want to share if you want to share only if you want to share no no, no, I, I definitely do. I definitely do. Um, I think one story that I'm feeling a little called to share is, is something pretty insane that happened to me in India, actually, in Rishikesh. Um, and it came from me just being as, like, open as I possibly can, which is, again, something I really love about myself, but is something that gets me into trouble sometimes. Hmm. Um, and just trusting the wrong people. Um I went to like a a yoga retreat in the hills of Rishikesh and it was awesome. And then the the guy that was running the space came up to me and asked me if I would want to run retreats there, which seemed too good to be true, which, you know, hindsight's 2020. Um, But I was so excited and I was like, oh, spirit led me here. I'm supposed to be here. I'm going to run all these retreats. I'm going to help this person like expand as well as my expansion. And that was not his intention at all. Like it it turned pretty dark. Um, I was basically being like held there. Um, I wasn't allowed to leave. It got really uncomfortable. I had to like climb to a mountain to get wi-fi with my phone to tell my friend like please come get me like this is getting really scary and they came and they rescued me and um yeah the person that was like keeping me i guess we'll say sent me a message that said like please bring the princess back to her castle so he didn't even like have an understanding that what he was doing was wrong but wh- um, what do you mean he kept you there? Like he kept you locked somewhere? But what, what happened? Yeah, well, so it was like far up in the hills of Rishikesh. So you, it's like this windy road that you really can't get to unless you have a car. And I didn't have a car. And I would ask him to leave and he would just point blank say no. And tell me like, I'm not allowed to leave. And mm. um, yeah, it just got a little weird. But the, the point being, it was something kind of, quote unquote negative that happened because I was in this flowy state thinking that everything was beautiful and wonderful when the reality is as much light as there is in this universe there's also as much darkness and the yin and the yang is such a real thing and that goes all the way down to the definition of hatha ha and ta sun and moon light and dark 
it's all about that that balance and navigating that balance but when that happened to me um after the shock kind of wore off i think i stayed with my with my dear friend susanna um in her apartment in rishikesh like in the city of rishikesh and i just cried for days mm. and it wasn't even that anything really happened to me but it was just more um i was really disappointed in myself and like blaming myself for uh for being too open i guess mm, mm. um which i learned a big 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 lesson in that situation and unfortunately that has kind of not unfortunately i, I want to choose a different way of saying that um that has helped me learn how to set boundaries especially meeting new people especially uh men in cultures that i am not a part of and like there's a big cultural difference in how men and women treat each other um mm. yeah if that makes sense yeah yeah Definitely. yeah um but maybe like a less extreme <laughs> example would be like going through a breakup exactly um, i was just about to ask about <laughs> crazy yeah 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 that would be probably more relatable <laughs> to some people um yeah i had a pretty rough breakup when i first got to maui actually and it really it really messed me up it kind of like stripped away all the self-love that i had worked so hard to mm. get um i kind of i think i put just all my worth into this person and into our relationship and it just yeah it all got taken away and it was kind of i went through a major major depression um and thank god for yoga thank god for yoga yoga was like my saving grace because even i would show up to my classes kind of this morning um before we started and you were like just show up as your authentic self like if you woke up having a bad day act like you had a bad day mm, mm, that mm, mm, mm. yeah and i would that's how i would teach my classes i would cry in my yoga classes <laughs> like walk into the studio people would ask me how i was immediately that's a trigger and i would start crying and i would just say you know we're going to flow I'm going to flow through my pain and I hope that that like resonates with you guys and 9 out of 10 times it did. Mm. You know, we're a collective. We're all feeling something on the same energetic level. So yeah, I found because I found in the past when I was teaching in Denver and I was having a bad day and I would just kind of be like push it down, push it down, push it down, Madeline, you need to be this like hyped up yoga teacher. I was yeah, I was teaching um a deep house vinyasa which is so not vinyasa. who i am yeah it was fun it was fun we had a live dj yeah. and there were lights but it just wasn't who i was who i am yeah 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 but i would like force myself into the character of like okay everybody let's flow la 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 <laughs> you know and and they mm. weren't my best classes like yeah. no one complained but i didn't feel good because i wasn't showing up as my authentic self so mm -hmm. definitely showing up moving forward showing up as my authentic self no matter what even if that's like 
a depressed person that's just been laying on the couch <laughs> all day mm. until my mm. class until my class came up um yeah I'd say that's how I dealt with it and you know a lot of times I would start by feeling this like tight ball of of sadness and anxiety and unworthiness and all these things but I would usually set the intention I would say during that time during that breakup my intention was so often either gratitude crit ajna gratitude for that pain like for um for the darkness that I was sitting in because it would allow me to really appreciate the light that I knew was coming eventually mm. um or atma prema which is unconditional self-love and Oftentimes, I always start each class by setting that intention with, with my students and offering them to set any intention that they want. And I just keep saying these words throughout the flow. And, you know, by the end, I just, I always feel just a little bit better. Always. Mm. So. From something yeah. I'm hearing from you, <clears throat> thanks for sharing, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. And I think some... So something I feel um, that's alive here, there was no shame in that experience. No. It's like, that's what I am. That's what it is. That's what I'm showing up. You know, like, and mm -hmm. I feel it's such a big um, step for healing. Like, there is no shame. We all feel fucking shitty at times. We all feel lost. We all lose it and i think just that journey from being that teacher you know like if you said before we talk about just teaching now but like that was the example if before it was like yeah i need to push through and be this nice and energetic and what now you're like i'm gonna just show up as life flows through me at this very moment mm -hmm. i'm not gonna try mm -hmm. to be something that i'm not yeah, and like as a teacher or as someone that is, as a healer, I think I want to use that word instead, it's kind of our duty to to do that, to be as real and as authentic to, you know, um, I don't want to say give permission, what's the word I want to say, but allow our students or our friends or whoever it is that's coming to us for healing to know that it's okay to feel mm, that mm, way definitely like you don't have to always be okay and, exactly exactly and so if, if your teacher or your healer or the person that that you're coming to with your problems isn't okay i think it makes you at least for me it makes me feel more comfortable expressing those emotions yeah, I, I definitely, definitely agree. I do mm -hmm. want to bring a point and wondering what you think about that. I think it's to an extent because, for example, let's say if I do a workshop, like in that workshop, I'm holding the space. I need to be a pillar there. So I'm not going to pretend as if I'm like, let's say I am going through a time. I'm not going to put just a happy smiley face or whatever. I'm going to mm -hmm. bring me but to a point where I still can hold myself with that and not that I need, that I'm in a breakdown kind of, that's what I think. What, what do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it also comes back, at least for me, I'll say, um, speaking from my point of view, 
of the idea that like when I am teaching or playing my bowls, I'm a conduit. So holding space for the light to come through, mm, mm, mm. you know? So you're just not a channel. A, it's not really you that doing that. I don't know. What do you think? Yes. What do you I think? Go, I, I, go, I go back and forth, honestly. Uh-huh. I There's times like, oh my God, this weekend, whew, it was crazy. The sound healing we did and I felt it going through me. Like I was singing the mantras and it was like someone was singing through me. And I've had this experience a few times, but then there's other times that... I'm creating that flow and it, it is me. So I think it's, I think it's a sacred dance, you know, it's, we're doing it together. It's, it's spirit and me. Uh-huh. Ooh, I'm so glad you asked that question. Cause I've never come to a conclusion of that. Yeah. I really like that. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, that. it is. It is. It's a point. It's a point to think about. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Because there's also times where I'll say something in a yoga class <laughs> that I have no idea where it comes mm, from, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'll, I'll like look around like what the hell just happened. Okay. Just keep going, whatever. And then after my class, I'll look it up and it's true or it it's valid. And then mm. I, that's, you know, I'm like, okay, that was spirit or, shiva or whatever whatever you want to yeah the name doesn't matter yeah yeah exactly Exactly. yeah it comes again to that trust it comes again Mm. to that trust you trust Mm -hmm. you trust you trust you know lately i had a few interviews where just and it was all women that were repeating that you know their way to find like that grace and and that they feel like they're followed and being on their purpose is through that trust, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to ask and bring maybe to discussion more to ask is like, do you think, is it something that is easier for women to do than for men? Mm. Why I'm asking that? Because I look at myself and I look at like other people that I'm talking with in the podcast, and outside as well and yeah when i had those discussions and i hear that trust so i'm trusting but deep inside of me there is this abandonment of i need to do everything in my life you know i need to be independent i need to create everything and why would i use the help of something else kind of you know because it it even feels to me egoistic to think that i need to use that i'm like no i'm fine you know like give that help to someone that needs it Mm. and and in the last podcast like in the interview what what we what we got into a conclusion is that i said that i think that's exactly my ego because how me like little jonathan think that i can even do something by myself without that grace flowing through me without that creation creator name it whatever the fuck you want to name it you know it doesn't really matter do you think that women trust more what what do you think do you think there is a connection even men woman in that or it's just coincidence that that was my conversations with people no i don't think there's anything 
any such thing as a coincidence. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but huh, do women trust more than men? I think if you look at it from like a Hatha perspective, which is um, how I look at everything, <laughs> I think yes, because trust could be equated the to feminine. the heart and yeah. and the emotion, whereas you know masculine is more um thought in mind and one of the i think hmm hmm okay one of the things that men typically have a better grasp on than women um and i want to say this is a very general statement but again yeah, going back yes, to Hatha, yes. yeah exactly yeah, we're all the same we are all one blah blah blah, blah but is that men have a bit bit of a better grasp on discernment um, and, mm. you know, being able to choose between things. And I think for me, it's like, if I have two things, making that choice, like, just feels so scary and big. So I just trust. Mm. I just, I just throw myself uh, into it. I get it. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Because that's, mm -hmm. that's something that I'm seeing, yeah, with, like, women that I'm connected romantically and stuff. A lot of the times I could feel that something that was hard for them is to choose. And for mm -hmm. me, it's like, I'm like, just let me choose, you know, like, I'm, <laughs> I'll take that. And now you're saying, so that's why there is the trust comes there. Mm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I know, it can even, like, go down to something as simple as choosing what to eat, you know? like Oh, yeah, even... yeah. This is comedy. Go which comedy. restaurant do you want? Yeah, comedy. but it's real. It's real. It's real. That's what I'm saying. It's comedy because it's real. Like you're with your partner. And like how many times it happened? What do you want? I don't know. Whatever you want. Okay, so I'm making. Uh, <laughs> I'm making dal. No, we ate dal yesterday. <laughs> okay, so what do you want? I don't know. Whatever you want. <laughs> exactly what it's like. So I times. trust. I trust that he'll choose the right thing. You know? <laughs> So funny, <laughs> you know. I I also I also try to think about it from a, even like because I, I I like to compare a lot of things in life to sexual interactions as well because I feel that that's like one of the lowest points if we look at that energetically, you know. And mm -hmm. well, it, it's well I said something I'm not necessarily agreeing on. It's low just in the sense that it's very physical. It it is yeah. very elevated, but it's just yeah. very physical. And if we just look at a man or a woman in a sexual interaction, so the woman is being penetrated mm -hmm. by the man. There is a lot, a lot of trust that needs to happen in that action. Mm. A lot of trust mm -hmm. that he will be attuned, that he will listen, that, you know, all of those things needs to be there. And I think it's so, when something is embedded in our biology, it obviously affects how we think and how we see life. Absolutely. And I feel, yeah, maybe men are more, there is more that fire of initiation and do eh, discernment, you know, like we know mm -hmm. how to, because we need to take action. We need to go, we need to, we penetrate life mm -hmm. more. I mean, and at the same time, we have both. I, I really feel very strongly how we have, whether you are a man or a woman, we have masculine and feminine. And I feel actually the more we come to balance within it, that you are more 
not more than a man than you are a woman, it doesn't matter what role you play in society or what you prefer to be, whether mm-hmm. it's in your job, whether it's in your family, whether it's with your relationship, that's preference. But between you and yourself, you merged so strongly both. So you kind of can enjoy everything that life has to offer. You're not entitled or limited or, or, or um, yeah, just can't experience life in a certain way. You, you can experience mm-hmm. the wholeness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I guess maybe that comes a lot to my conscious mind lately, like that trust. To build more of those feminine traits and try something different if my normal way of engaging with life is like that masculine i'm gonna choose i'm gonna do it's me me mm-hmm. me doing doing like coming from within outside from within outside now receive do it yeah. other way around now now mm-hmm. come from outside inward outside inward outside inward mm-hmm. I like yeah that. yeah i think i need to flip it and do the opposite as well <laughs> of the masculine you reckon yeah 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 De- oh definitely but you're so initiative you you wanted the retreat you do the retreat by the way you should share a bit about what you did there because we, we haven't even spoke about it before but like you know you, you did your retreat in south america and you d- decide to do that and then teaching here here i i see you doing it no i guess like Yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for that recognition. Because maybe sometimes I just need to, you know, hear it. Because I do. Well, but that's just in your work, actually. Because work is just Mm. one aspect in life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Very good point. But I do. I just think it's like a constant, a constant. I don't want to say battle. I want to say a constant dance, like just trying to figure out when, when the masculine and when the feminine need to come into play for myself. Oh, 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 this is gold. What you just said. It's not about identifying with something It's about what the situation requires or what life wants from me. Mm -hmm. now, To play with what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What's what's your take on like relationship or sexuality and what how did it change to you since let's say you really dived into yoga and more conscious life what if you want to share Yeah um I don't really know how to answer that I think I've I, I think a a big thing that I've released since I've been doing it all comes back to self-love. Like since I really have decided to love myself and know my worth and not allow energies into my temple that are not worthy. Um, I think I've released a lot of shame. I've released a lot of guilt. Um, I'm not like blaming my upbringing or my parents, but I was raised Catholic. And so there was always a lot of guilt Mm. instilled. Mm. And um, it took me a a long time to kind of shed that a long time. It it still kind of peeks through to be honest, but I've worked really hard on not feeling shame about my sexuality or my needs or my desires, but rather just giving myself what I want because I think also 
you know, sexuality and sensuality is sacred and it's, it's there. It's not something that we should make taboo. It's not something that we should deny. And yeah, just like, I'm very expressive in my sexuality. You can talk to any of my friends. I have a a dirty mind, I think is what they would say. (laughs) And I used to really like shut that down. I used to really like, because it wasn't ladylike and it wasn't, it wasn't appropriate. And I mean, sure, there's sometimes things that I say that I'm like, okay, Madeline, reel it in. You didn't need to really say that. But at the same time, like if (laughs) I, I feel as a woman, especially, I, I think a lot of women will relate to this. Like we're told to be small and we're told to be quiet and we're told to like, take what we're going to get and find a man that's going to do all these things for us. And I just kind of was like, no, no, I love myself. I choose myself. I'm doing this for myself. Um, Yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. I go off on tangents a little bit. Yeah. We we went to a tangent. Yeah. (laughs) No, but you touched a point, you know, like I think that shame well, I think everyone, regardless to how they grew up, have that shame. Let's say, especially you saying grew up as a Catholic, I guess it's even more present in a way. Yeah. And I think I see, I see, I see a certain thread in your journey that's mm. like it's that self love. But I was about to ask you, okay, what allowed you to go through? towards self-love and I see that what allowed you to go towards self-love is letting go of the shame and guilt mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you are expressing you, you're talking about that you see it as sacred doesn't matter if anyone else doesn't see it as sacred you're talking about that you're expressing mm-hmm. it you live in according like to me it's very healthy very healthy yeah. that's that's what I think as well like that it's sacred it's nothing to be ashamed of we all been taught that it's something to be ashamed of Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that uh, we all should just walk around naked and touch ourselves uh, 24 hours uh, just because we can and want to and it's nice. Like, that's not mm-hmm. what I'm saying. No, I'm, I'm mentioning that as well because I wrote one post about, uh, about uh, masturbation or, uh, mm-hmm. or self-pleasuring. And people thought that that's what I meant. Like, let's just walk <laughs> around and masturbate all the... No, so that's not what I mean. <laughs> Let me clarify. Let me clarify. Yeah, I just think that it's something so deeply rooted in our being that there is shame in feeling pleasure. There is shame in our body. There is shame in... Mm-hmm sexuality and sensuality and i think even for women more than men that's for sure um Mm -hmm. at least in western society so yeah like at least between ourselves like to drop it down and talk about that you know i think triggering people is a good thing it's a good thing it's it's it means something is moving there you know, if someone is triggered, we're going to have an interesting talk. It means that something inside <laughs> them pushes them towards it. It, it creates an uncomfort. Why is mm-hmm. it so uncomfortable for you to hear that I'm sexually free and I'm happy to speak about it? Oh, that's interesting. We can have a talk mm-hmm. about that, you know? So, totally. 
Yeah, releasing the shame, releasing the shame and guilt, I feel from what I'm hearing from your words, really help you to tap into that self-love. Can you feel it? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And I think another thing that just kind of came up was the, like the biggest thing was always thinking that God is watching. Like that was always the biggest thing. Wow. being Catholic was like God was watching so like if I was having sex God was watching and judging me and being like oh wow. no you're bad you shouldn't wow, do that wow, wow. Yeah. but then when I really went on the self-love journey I there's like not a separation between me and God so it's not like someone's watching watching me but it's more like I I don't know I'm experiencing it as God you know mm. The act itself, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Pleasure, pleasure. Ple- yeah. Oh, wow. And do yeah. you feel that that was maybe one of the, that mindset of, that change of mindset, that's maybe was one of the things that helped you let go of shame and guilt in general, in yeah. every aspect of life? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay, Opa, we're touching a point. Interesting. <laughs> Opa! Yeah, because obviously, like, my next question would be, okay, so if letting go of shame and guilt help you find self-love, what help you let go of shame and guilt? And, like, yeah, so you're saying, yes. Yeah, it's like you seem, instead of, oh, that's amazing. Instead of, like, seeing God as, like, this outside thing of you that's looking from above and looking for every shit that you're doing and write it in his little diary, (laughs) Madeline's going to hell. You know, it's like, no, he's from within. If God is everything or create a universe, then it's with me in those moments of pleasure, you know, like with with the beauty of it, you know, like it's mm-hmm. not something from. A, oh, that's juicy. That's nice. It's, it's juicy. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, and also, I have to say, like, I've never had that thought until this conversation. So, like, mm. this conversation was a catalyst for that realization or that remembrance honestly is what it is because all the knowledge is already there we just have to tap yeah. back into it beautiful yeah so thank beautiful. you for being that catalyst mm. for that. of course of course and what else about like maybe what's with something changing your relationships like since you become more conscious and stuff like do you conduct your relationships differently or are you more flowing with that and how how is it um i think yeah i definitely feel like there's been a shift in in myself and in the like dynamic that i want to be in in a relationship or a partnership and um it's non-attachment so Mm. For me, a parigraha, it's it's a part of the eight limbs of Hatha of Ashtanga Yoga, which is a part of Hatha Yoga. And I think for the longest time, I mean, honestly, up until like the last year and a half, um, I just would attach to people like you can see my hand with going meow and like grabbing and like this is mine now. This is mine. Mm, I mm, 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 like I want this all the time. This is guaranteed mine. This is gonna be mine tomorrow. This is gonna be mine forever. And really re- realizing that like nothing is mine. No one is mine. Like nothing is guaranteed. So just rather than living in this like mm, this anxiety and 
ultimately it's like an idea of lack because you're like, I can't live if that person goes away, like everything's going to fall apart if that person goes away. So you're not really, you're not really being present because you're just constantly, mm. I shouldn't say you, this is how I was. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, And just, and just rather living in this aparigraha, living in non-attachment, like I have a connection with someone. I enjoy this connection. I enjoy this love but I have no expectation for where it's going to go. I have no... But is it? Um, is it? Do you? Do you really have no expectation? In this moment where I'm at, yes. Wow. I do. Yeah. Like, I, of course, there's like things creeping back in sometimes that are like, oh, but, but is this <laughs> the person, Madeline? Like, are you sure? Sure. And I'm like, but it doesn't have to, I don't have to know. I don't need to know. All I know is that I enjoy the connection that I'm having, you know? Mm. And especially in this last backpacking trip that I just did in Central America and in Colombia, I experienced the universe gave me a lot of opportunity to practice non-attachment, just like meeting people that you have such deep, powerful, soulful sensual connection with and then you know you go your separate ways and you might never see each other again and you might see each other again but you mm. might never see each other again and just feeling okay with that and not being attached or having like a cord with that person you know yeah how do you do that yeah <laughs> Um, no, I'm asking because like I agree with everything you're saying on a theory level, but I feel that you know yeah. literally practicing it well is fucking hard. Yeah. It's fucking hard, dude. It's definitely <laughs> hard. This is so hard. That's why I said the universe gave me multiple times to practice uh -huh, this because uh -huh, uh -huh. it wasn't like right away I was like Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, bye. I'll never see you again. But like I was like, but wait. What if we're supposed to meet again? And what if this is supposed to happen? But then I realized that by having those thoughts, it was keeping me from being present with my travels. So like rather than being in this new beautiful place that I was, I was and like experiencing all the wonders that it had to show me, I was thinking about someone else. And I was thinking about wishing like, oh, I wish that he was here with me. I wish that we were doing this. And really just like, yeah, it just takes you out of the present. And so I just wanted to be more present. And so I just, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how to explain how I just choose. Oh, you know, myself. you know, you chose yeah. yourself. Choose myself. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not easy for sure. And it's not linear either. Just as any healing journey. Yeah. 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 Linear. But, but was it something specific you did, like that you practiced, that you said, that you, to allow you to choose yourself and, and get away from those thoughts? Um, or that attachment or that expectation? Because, you know, we, we all do it. We, yeah, yeah. Um, like anything in particular. I, I think it was going back and reading my journal. So I, I journal pretty avidly and just reading my journal and realizing how much of my journal is taken up by 
um, these men and like, <sighs> and just being like, where am I in this? Like reading it and being like, well, I'm talking about him and I'm talking about like how I hope this with, with us. And but like, what do I really want? Like, what do I really need? Um, wow. So yeah, kind of reflecting on, on the stories that I was writing and wanting to rewrite those stories, I guess. Wow. In the future. Yeah. Wow. It's like to change that perspective from giving the power or the space for the other person to you, to what's happening inside of you and what you actually want. Mm -hmm. And okay. also another, another thing is um, experiencing the attachment on the other end and like feeling almost like trapped by someone or feeling like, yeah, you know, and, and knowing that they're not doing it intentionally, but just because mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm that's like what it's always been to be in a relationship and feeling like I, I couldn't express certain parts of myself or whatever. And just kind of knowing that I don't ever want to do that again. Like I really, really love myself and I really love the person that I am. And I don't ever want to lose that into another person. And for me, that is attachment, you know, that's a party. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. I love that. It's beautiful. And that's the beauty of life, right? We all gonna go through those spinning doors and we're gonna be in the same position of maybe what we created a year or two before. And back then we were like, how this person can't get me? Like, I want him so much. And yet now you're like, whoa, it's so fucking creepy. Like, so attaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally so you get to have like the compassion first and the understanding of what they're going through and the and the like reality check of what you actually want mm -hmm. in your yeah. life totally yeah this is a topic i'm definitely alive in me very because when i'm falling in love i'm like ah, i'm just i'm just i'm so there you know like and then like if at some point it doesn't meet with the other person, then I'm I'm starting to lose my power. I'm not in my power mm -hmm. anymore. I'm giving so mm -hmm. much power to the other person. I think about them all the time. I'm, I'm just constantly, yeah, just exactly doing that perspective of the outside. It's about them and it's not about me anymore. Mm -hmm. And just this week, it kind of also clicked. And I realized that I need to put me first, like, that it's just another, basically, it's just another lesson of me to claim my power. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. To claim my power, to be there for me and not for the other person, like to shift that perspective. So, yeah, thank you for sharing mm -hmm. that. Yeah, it really resonates with me a lot. Yeah. Have you, um, have you read the book Celestine Prophecy? I did, yeah. I have, I, but I haven't read the whole thing actually. Oh, I had read parts of it. What? So you don't even know the end of the story? No, 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 no. Because oh, it's, it's a book. I it's a book that um, I found in one of my house in my family in Israel when I went to mm -hmm. visit family, and then I needed to leave within a week. So mm. I kind of just started, and then I couldn't. I haven't finished it and kept on kept on traveling okay well 
you should at one point if it if it feels in the flow definitely go back to that book because it I mean yeah it was such a huge part of my spiritual journey but there's one of the one chapter that talks about relationships and it talks about that a lot of people walk around the world as as if they're a half circle and they're just looking for the other half to make one one circle and the the prophecy is to be your own circle and to find someone else that is their own circle and to just coexist next to each other oh yeah oh yeah yeah which i always kind of have been able to like come back to that picture i'm I'm definitely like a very photo oriented kind of person Mm -hmm. so i've always been able to come back to that like if i am starting to have feelings for someone or starting to date someone i'm like well am i like this full circle right now or do I have pieces missing that I think this person is going to fulfill because if that's the case then this is something I don't want to be and that's the tricky part of it because sometimes you're on your journey and you feel like yeah I'm I'm not I am I am my own circle I'm I'm fine and I'm fine and I'm fine and then something happens and you realize whoa no I still have so much to like that's what Mm -hmm. I see in life so many times when I think oh I got it no, you haven't got it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or you got it to a certain level. Oh, you know what? That's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. It's like you got it on level five, whatever. And then you think you got it because so far what you witnessed in your life, so far the challenges that came, mm-hmm. you overcame those. You, you're not facing them again. But then and now level 10 comes on your way. But you didn't <laughs> even know that level 10 exists. You thought there is up to level five and then level 10 comes and you're like, oh, <laughs> fuck, no, I haven't got anything yet. You know, so <laughs> also keeping humble, you know, always think like, yes. you know, as you saying, you know, like now I know who I am and everything. But no, still remind yourself all the time. I'm that circle. I'm that full circle. I'm like constantly mm-hmm. learning, constantly learning, constantly learning. How- yes, yes. Constantly recheck yourself and to be willing to do mistakes. That's the thing. Like we will do mistakes. We will go again to rock bottom. Like if we're not willing to do that, like life has nothing to offer for us because we will just not leave the house. Mm -hmm. I think. Oh, yeah. I don't know where that came from, but it came out of me. (laughs) No, it's no, it's so good. And I agree. And it is the humbleness is super important, too, because Mm. Like, you know, you don't, you don't want to let your ego take over. Like, yeah, I love myself, but I don't want to like walk around like with this higher, you know, with my nose in the air or whatever, because I'm still, I'm still a human. I'm still going to be making mistakes. I'm still going to trip over my feet when I walk because that it just happens all the time. Or, you know, knowing like I love myself even in that's what i was about to say that's the real self-love not that you love yourself when you're all shiny and nice when you love yourself because you know that you're gonna have your back when you're gonna Mm -hmm. fall down when your heart's gonna break again when you're gonna fail when everything is gonna collapse that's the real self-love that i got myself Mm -hmm. there that i love myself there that i'm here Mm -hmm. for myself in those moments I actually think that when you don't have that self-love, which is a term that by itself we can do a full podcast, what it means, because people think self-love is, oh, I'm the best. I don't think it's about that. It's just, Mm -hmm. to me, it's about 
being really authentic and true to myself and feel comfortable in my own skin with that. That's it. And know that I'm going to provide myself whatever I need and not look outside for it. That's what, what it means to me. And um, oh, I had a point. I had a point. Fuck. <laughs> Self-love. Self-love. What did I say? We could, we could do a whole podcast on a whole podcast. what it means. Oh. <laughs> people oh, think such such a good people point. think it's the it's like before ego. before that what i say um ah, yes, yes 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 that actually a lack of self-love like a, a, a lack of self-love which means a lack of feeling comfortable in my own skin and everything i just mentioned before will get me to be with my nose up in the sky and look at everyone from the top mm-hmm mm-hmm because I'm going to create such a strong attachment to when I'm feeling well that I will just try to preserve that as much as I can. And yeah. because I, I don't love myself, so I have to stay there. And in order to stay there, I'm going to need to look at people from above. And ta 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 a million other things can happen with that. So mm-hmm. I actually think, because you said, I don't want to fall into that trap of, uh, you know, looking at everyone from above. I actually think that because you love yourself or you, at least you practicing as much as you can, and as we said, like life gonna bring it, you're really helping yourself not to fall into that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like agree. You're doing the best you can not to fall there. And we yeah. will fall there and it's fine. And to know that even when I fall there, it's for fine. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And I just like piggybacking off of that, I think a really, a big thing that I had to overcome in this journey was feeling selfish and feeling like choosing myself all the time was super selfish. But in, I don't know, just as I keep doing it, as I keep having this boundary with other people and choosing what I really need and what really like lights me up and feels good, I feel like that's actually more selfless because if everyone was living that way, if everyone was choosing what really felt good to them and feels good to them, but also, you know, ahimsa is no harm, no harm to themselves, no harm to others, then we would all be like, you know, kumbaya living in this like peaceful world because we're choosing ourselves. I'm choosing myself, you're choosing yourself, she's choosing herself, he's choosing himself. And by doing that, we're all collectively loving ourselves and therefore loving each other Mm. because we are one. So. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good sentence to wrap up. (laughs) But I have more (laughs) questions. Mic drop. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me, what's your biggest dream? My biggest dream is probably to just continue what I'm doing, which is teaching yoga all over the world and just spreading, spreading this light to people and hopefully just continuing to inspire those who I come into contact with to choose themselves and love themselves and yeah, do what's best for them. That's my biggest dream, I think. Mm. And what's the, a message you can give for someone that hears us right now and he spoke a lot about self-love and letting go of shame and, you know, doing 
like you know mm -hmm. recognize what's your purpose and doing and trusting mm -hmm. and they are saying wow i also want to live like that but now i'm just i don't know i'm in a hard time and i'm not sure where to start what what would you say to them what's the first step they can take show yourself grace like it's okay to to not be in that place and just know just trust just trust that <laughs> that it's gonna be okay like everything is is going to be okay no matter what and really i think um an important step in the self-love journey is just to like hermit and and to be by yourself for mm. a little bit like not necessarily like be single like be out of a relationship if you're in a relationship or a partnership that's that's working stay there but to take time for yourself and to go and meditate or find the thing that lights you up i think yeah that's it find the thing that mm. lights you up find the thing that lights you up nice yeah. Yeah, even if society doesn't approve that and even if, yeah, just whatever, Amen. yeah, whatever you want to do, whatever makes you feel joy. Mm. Mm -hmm. And and really, <clears throat> when you make, when you make a decision, make it fully because the universe knows if you're having doubts and if you're letting doubts still be there, you know, things probably aren't going to fall right into place. But if you go into it and you're like, okay, this is it. This is what I want. I know this is what I'm supposed to do. I trust, I trust, I trust. And even just saying those words, I trust, I trust, I trust. Then the mm. universe is like, all right, this girl, she's trusting. Like, let's give her, let's give her some doors. Let's open some, some pathways. And yeah. Mm. Words are a huge, 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 huge part of it. How you speak to yourself, how you speak to others. Um, writing, like gratitude, a gratitude journal, life-changing. Um, yeah, just words, I think, are a really big part of it, for sure. Beautiful. Wow. It was beautiful. Yeah. Is there anything that feels incomplete you want to share? Anything else? Um, I don't know. I think I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we covered a lot of bases. What about um, uh, what about like any workshops or retreats or something that you plan? Is there anything? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, well, I'm in Maui right now in Hawaii. If if anyone is in Hawaii, um, my dear friend Liza and I have been doing a co-creation sound healing yoga journey every week. That's been amazing. Wow. I love it so much. Um, I have a retreat coming up in Colorado with my best friend, soulmate partner. Oh, she's so good. Jamie Mondragon. We're doing our second retreat. We just finished one in Costa Rica last year that was incredible. And we're doing our second one in Colorado this year, August 16th to the 20th. And um, yeah, it's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be breath work, holotropic breath work, yoga, sound healing, mantra chanting, ecstatic dance, 
um, really, really good food. Our dear friend Carolina is a Peruvian fusion chef, and she's going to come and cook everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I guess my hope is to just keep to keep offering retreats like that because the the healing that we saw in the last one was, I mean, yeah, talk about feeling in my purpose and our purpose it felt like we really really helped some people and yeah i just want to keep doing that so Hmm. and maybe you're gonna go to new zealand next summer oh (laughs) right (laughs) and we're gonna teach you festivals right (laughs) yeah so i'm moving to australia in september and i'm gonna be teaching yoga there so if anyone's in australia um, and then, yeah, I would really like to journey to New Zealand with my dear friend, Yonatan, and do some offerings along. Uh, all around. All around. <laughs> so stay In tuned, guys. Wait, wait for summer. Wait for summer and, and keep yeah. Madeline. Yeah. <laughs> In your that mind. Would be so, that would be so, that will be so exactly. epic and so exactly. special yeah that's yeah. probably gonna happen yeah will be, will be. wow <laughs> beautiful beautiful well thank you so so much for sharing so authentically and deeply and you're really dear to me and i'm feeling really inspired from that talk and to hear you saying and sharing about your journey and to you guys, like every episode, if you liked everything we shared here, so please rate us, share the podcast, let everyone know, get the love spreading over so everyone can also feel and be touched like you were touched just now. And um, as always, I really welcome you to say, you know, speak up, say your voice. If you were agreeing, if you were completely disagreeing, you think we're just saying fucking bullshit here, please, you know. <laughs> write it down like it's not for me to say like i we have the knowledge and you guys don't know i actually we really want to hear you know we really want to hear so as always in the description there will be my details and i'm also going to leave your details you happy with that yeah absolutely yeah so you can contact medeline and see any courses or retreats or just say hi or whatever um yeah for all of you to have uh, and from here We send you so much love and have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you. Krit Ajna. So much gratitude.